Hi everyone, Taylor here. You know, at our podcast, we all wanting to center the perspectives of people who look like us and women, as well as marginalized people who has been historically pushed to the sideline of conversations. So, if you haven't already, we welcome you to engage through our Instagram or Facebook page by leaving a comment, or simply support us by subscribe our podcast from Acast, Apple, Spotify, and Google. It will make a huge differences to increase our visibility and centering the conversations we have from our pod. Enjoy today's episode. Hey y'all, this is Jessie. Hi, this is Helen. And we are Asian Bitches Down Under in the last week of August. Helen, how are you feeling? Oh, yeah. finally. Is it already, oh my goodness, it's already yeah, last week. Yeah, for those outside of Sydney, yeah. um, the initial lockdown was supposed to end on Saturday? Tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, this weekend. Um, but because yeah. we've had, like, last, yesterday we spiked the 1K, <laughs> $1,000 cases. Sorry, 1,000. <laughs> 1, yeah, 1,000 cases. cases yeah. So, um... We yeah, record. so I feel like every day it's the record is kind of just New like record. yeah every That's day. Right. So um, uh, we are now in lockdown until the end of September. Um, mm-hmm. who knows what will change? You know, everything is in flux. So, but you know, spring is now upon us on Sunday. Definitely, I think is the first of September. Oh, is it? Maybe. Well, anyway, it's just coming coming weeks. <clears throat> yeah, it's coming we'll on Sunday. Spring <clears throat> yeah. But uh, it this week we had a couple of days of rain, which was nice for my garden. I mm-hmm. we planted some um, vegetables in the garden, Lovely. so that was exciting. And I have been f- like joyously w- binging and finished the chair, the new <laughs> Netflix series starring Sandra O. Oh. And uh, Helen, you are halfway through, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I think there are six episodes, and I went through all of them. You're on episode mm. four, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, f- first thoughts, what do you think before I start ranting about how great it is? Oh, first thought, well, I'm just going to let everyone know how I started, how I came across with this series. Yeah, um, please. I saw our friends Billy's post on Facebook about he raving about it and saying that oh, everyone yeah? had to watch uh-huh. it. And uh-huh. I think the next moment I checked on the trailer and I immediately tell him that I'm going to watch it because it's got Sandra uh-huh. Oh in it, who yes, we all yes. love. And yep. it's about English department, which is quite interesting. You don't really see a lot of drama series that it has a centre yep. uh, stage that is with a college's English department mm. and with a with a woman of colour being the the chair. That's it. That's essentially what the title is about because she is the head of English department of a. Uh, college in US. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A kind of liberal arts private <laughs> yeah, college that's right. called Pembroke. Actually, I don't even know. Is that, that a real one? Actually, yeah, we have to look yeah, up. Yeah, we, we should Google up. it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, keep going. Yeah, and I know that it's probably I wouldn't feel resonated with because I didn't study in English department back in the days of uni. But I know mm-hmm. that I want to watch for the sake of Andrea O. And definitely, yeah. she did not disappoint. Really, no, like, she yeah, <laughs> she's so talented. How she yeah. expressed every emotion and every action yeah. on certain scenes, as in how yeah. she deals. Well, her character, Kim yeah. Ji Jong, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the, yeah. she plays, of course, she plays a uh, American Korean. The part that I actually was really pulled into was her relationship yeah. with her dad and her daughter. Daughter, yes, yeah, yes. Juju. That in betweenness, yeah. yeah. That that kid is so cute, but yeah, I really like her. 
Like, uh, she's she's got some sort of problem. Not problem, but she's... Has some issues that from what yeah, we've seen issues, yeah. so far. Yeah, so far. That we know yeah. the backstory is that her daughter is she's abducted. Yeah. And we yeah. don't know her previous relationship. We have only seen... Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert again. If you want to watch it, maybe skip the first next five minutes. Um, mm. So far, we've only seen, like, a photo on a fridge with of her and mm. her potentially ex-partner which is the mm. Daniel Daniel Day kid, I think was was yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so weird that like he's always the token <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Korean face the male used. guy yeah the male yeah. lead yeah so we don't know what happened with a previous relationship so she's now a single mom and her father occasionally babysits the daughter who they have mm. a generation and also language barrier as the dad mm. the Korean dad expressed because the grandpa yeah. And say that, oh, she, she doesn't speak Korean, I can't really talk to her, it's hard for me to babysit mm. her. So that's actually the part that I really like the best of her and the relationship of her, Central O's character with dad and also the daughter. Because the daughter is yeah. so um, out of the world, she's a very unconventional six-year-old child yeah, yeah, yeah from yeah. my what that's, i've that's observed a, that's so the far. perfect way to yeah. really put it it's an un, yeah it's an unconventional six-year-old yeah um what i love about it is seeing an asian woman mm-hmm. um, not just teach but lead mm-hmm. an english department yes. and uh, i love that I, i'm not sure that what i would have loved to see more is actually sandra O oh in action mm. in class you don't actually see much of that because whenever you become the head of a department you, you do a lot of shit do less you yeah do. you do the administrative yeah. part so most of the series we see sandra O oh basically um troubleshooting mm-hmm. so she's just managing the the biggest problem she faces really now is um the fact that a lot of people a lot of students are no longer taking english um, studying English mm-hmm. and so the retention rate of students is what they're dealing with and she is under the thumb of basically the chance like the biggest guy who's running the um, college and he's basically telling her to fire some of the older stuff mm-hmm. like make them into early retirement five, yeah 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 make force them into early retirement because they're getting paid the most Mm -hmm. but they're actually having the least amount of students enroll in their classes um and my favorite character is actually um i forget the names because you know i finished watching it quite a number of days ago but um my favorite character is the um the black female uh black female yeah yasmin Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um she is like a tremendous teacher yes and yet um her ability is not being recognized because she's surrounded by older white people who you know have historically had more power in that kind of field right and um i want to say personally and i don't think i'm spoiling this in saying this but um i want to say that what the the show does so well helen and i'm sure you've um noticed this already Mm -hmm. is that it doesn't make you it kind of it kind of makes you have sympathy equally for all parties involved. Oh, like you don't, okay. it doesn't, it doesn't make you hate the older white men mm-hmm. who are like being forced into retirement. Like it, it makes you sympathize with them because it is quite threatening for them and also frightening for them when, when like new students these days, which, um, so the, you know, 19, 20 year olds that Yasmin is so like in tune with, cause Yasmin herself is like very young. young. Yeah. 
She's 32. Um, she's able to connect with the students. Mm-hmm. They're studying Moby Dick, for instance, on a very like um, technologically based level, mm-hmm. um, in a, a way in which the older male um, teachers can't mm-hmm. find themselves doing. Yeah. So, uh, um, and yet you still feel sorry for those older white uh, white male uh, professors. Like, and yet you also sympathize, obviously, with um, Yasmin's conflict of uh, struggle with not being taken seriously because she's a young black female Mm -hmm. teaching you know uh, a text written by an old white guy Mm -hmm. you know um so and and the other thing i'd say is just um yeah like like sandra oh have you actually had the have you seen the um episode with david duchovny yet um, I think I'm heading into that episode. Okay, soon. Helen. I've just passed oh, a my God. place where they announced, of course, another two white people have replaced Sandra O's character's authority of replacing oh. a distinguished lecture. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah lectureship. Yeah, yeah this, so is, they, this is the part where David, David comes in. will come in. Yeah. yeah, it's so, like, that episode, absolute gem. I wish I actually... I wish I would see. I would have seen it with Billy and Kyle. It would have just been it's so, so much. Hilarious. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah it would be. Um, yeah. It's it's just. I actually feel like what I, I might actually um, watch it with Andrew because uh, I want to see it so much again. Mm-hmm. It's such a great series, and it's only third. What I really love also is it's only thirty minutes long. Yes, like the episodes. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes I really can't. Like, I've actually given up on Secret Life of Us because <laughs> as much as I loved it, um, it's nothing against the storyline mm-hmm. or the actors. Like, I love that series, but I've kind of given up because one-hour episodes is too long. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think my attention span has reduced to the amount that I can focus and watch 30 minute maximum 40 minutes mm. ep- an episode for a drama yeah. which is uh yeah exactly i don't know if it's sign of being old but i just can't focus on anything that's longer than 40 minutes if it's a movie mm. that's understandable but drama and series yeah i agree with yeah. you that's what i was happy about it because i was expecting that the chair would be at least 50 minutes yes i thought that too with a lot of u.s dramas uh the norm is around 50 minutes per episode but yeah. saying that uh i think the creator or the producer director did a very good job by jumping around a lot of aspects and elements in this drama, but at the same mm. time, will keep your attention to it. Like you don't lose the focus. Yeah. And when you're saying about feeling sympathetic, sympathetic for the white people, I I don't mm. know if I feel that much connection to it because from okay. what I'm seeing, is that the little my microaggressions that both Yasmin and Jiyun is experiencing, uh, yeah, face is experiencing in their career. There were parts that the dean couldn't even fucking remember Yasmin's name, keep saying her name yeah, wrong. Yeah, that was pretty fucked. And yeah. also that undermined uh, Jiyun's ability to manage. We know that she's a mess because she's been thrown into this hot yeah, mess. Exactly. And it, we have all, always been seeing people of colour being thrown into a managerial position yeah. when the whole... Uh, corporation or whole department is falling. Yeah, it's actually like they're crumbling and yeah. then throwing. Yeah, yeah, and then and and they get blamed yeah, exactly. for it. It just yeah. kind of it, it makes everyone uh, think that it's actually their incompetency, but it's really just mm-hmm. like they're being thrown into an impossible situation. Which other characters do you think that you want to kind of mention? Um, I'd say that my favorite character was really Yasmin and um, mm-hmm. perhaps, oh, I absolutely love 
and I don't, I, I can't remember her name, but in the series, she, her name is Joan. Yes. Joan. The oh, older yes. woman, yeah. The older Can white lady. Say, the, the professor, yeah. I, 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 I ha- <laughs> honestly have to say, perhaps the best scene I have ever seen in a TV series happened, I think, in the first episode where Joan goes to the Title IX um, officer which to complain yes. about the fact that she has been um, in been moved removed. to the basement. Yeah, she, she, Joan yeah. has been kicked out of her office and now her office has been has been put into the basement of the gym. And Je- yes. Joan was supposed to meet um, Sandra O's character to file a complaint to the Title IX officer mm-hmm. and she goes there. And, and honestly, this is the best scene I have ever seen in TV. It was like, it's a, so Joan is like in her 70s or 80s. <laughs> no, and she's in not this, that old, I think. She's oh, really? Late oh, 60s. she looks super low, old, okay. <laughs> well, um, in this scene, she is confronted and has this kind of slight altercation, but like really sassy, sassy kind of um, conflict between her, you know, like second wave feminist or third wave First or second? No, probably second, sorry. First, she would be dead. Um, but he's like this old feminist who goes to this like 21-year-old, basically, this woman who's like, I think, half Asian. Mm-hmm. She's half yeah, Asian. Yeah, she looks mixed oh, to or, me. Or some, yeah, mixed, yeah. And both of them stand their ground. Yes, I know. Like, both that was of them, a really it, good conversation. It was so fucking amazing. That writing and that acting, the, yeah. that five or two ten-minute scene was absolutely exquisite. I just cannot believe, and, and can I um, can I also say that it happens again? Like there's a, there's okay. actually t- two appearances made by that Title Nine officer, and I'm like trying to Google who that actress is because yes. I absolutely love her face. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that is like the highlight of the show for me. That conflict between Joan and this like mil- um, Gen Z um, mm-hmm. feminist, yeah. and the, there was something else I wanted to say as well, um, but it'll come to me later. Um, but yeah, the, the, the show just deals with kind of that, the, the sort of conflict between different generations of feminists yes. really, really well. Yeah. So well. Speaking of that scene, I think personally, I was a little bit shocked of what came out from Joan. Of Joan? Yes, yeah. I agree. As a woman like, speaking to she... another woman, yes. she was so yeah. direct and sharp expressing what she just visually impacted her, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But at the same time, I'm surprised of the young woman who replied in the very, I wouldn't say calm. Of course, if you're in that situation from what, I would say it's slightly verbal attack, okay? Yes, yes, I agree. Um, by what John has said. But she stood her ground and her reply was, uh, I, I can't find a word for it, but she was very confident, which I found was, um, very interesting to know that I think we need more women like that because when you're confronted by a visual attack like that, sometimes you feel shaken and slightly crumbled. Yeah. But that young woman, she stood her ground and when Joan kind of questioned her, like, how did you get this job? Yeah. And yeah. she explained it and you kind of see a slight flip side of of power of power change. Yes. Yeah. Because we know yeah. where the young woman is coming from. It's yeah. not because of her age. It's Yes. Yeah. I think also Joan like I saw that scene and I was so sort of taken aback by, like you said, the confidence and the sort of um, bureaucratic rhetoric in mm-hmm. which that young woman was so flawless in executing mm-hmm. and and what was so brilliant was the way in which the scene ended which is where joan really loses her shit and says i want someone to acknowledge 
what I went through. Yes. Like, I want someone to acknowledge the fact that, like, 50 years ago, I was paid, like, half the salary of my male counterpart. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the young woman just so calmly says, I'm acknowledging that right now. Mm-hmm. And then the old woman says, I want someone else, you know, someone in Joan's eyes, um, I guess someone with more power, mm-hmm. you know. And, and it just, oh, I, I honestly just, like, want to watch that scene now mm-hmm. again, talking to you yeah. about it, Helen. Yeah. It's just, it's such a good scene. Yeah. I just friggin' think it's ingenious writing. And also, um, I also want to mention the fact that um, the reason why I absolutely adore this series is there are a lot of really great Asian female characters. Mm-hmm. So not only do we have Sandra Oh, we have the teaching assistant of one of the male love interest leads. I wouldn't say he's a love interest, but he's kind of like the male lead in terms of his relation to Sandra Oh. Um, what's his name again? Bill. Will? Bill, Bill yeah. yeah. So Bill's teaching assistant. Bill is basically like the Jonathan Franzen of the teaching yeah. world. Like he's like the one that's he's bringing hot his shot. charismatic. Yeah. yeah, he's a hotshot. He's charismatic. He's um, published a um, like a best-selling book. His wife has recently died, and mm. his teenage daughter has just gone off to college. And um, so he's, he's going through assistant. his own depressive moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And his his teaching assistant is an Asian woman. Or mm-hmm. I feel like um, she actually has a um, Latino surname, so she might not be fully. She I might actually be Filipino. That be a mix I think she's or, Filipino. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I think she, her surname is Ramos. So mm-hmm. I feel like Could that be might Filipino. be Portuguese. Yeah, Filipino, any, yeah. Anyway, it will be Asian, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then um, we have um, Sandra Oh, we have that Title Nine officer. We have um, a, I don't know if you've seen later, but Helen, um, but there's a reporter from the local newspaper. Okay. And she is an Asian woman. Lovely. So we have like yeah. really great Asian females mm-hmm. in the show. And it's just so it's not just like Sandra Oh fulfilling that token yes. place, you know. That's what I love about this show. Yeah, that's so good. Speaking of Joan, I don't know, like I can't help to just kind of shine a little spotlight of the older lady in the show yeah. again. <laughs> uh, you said that you like the scene where she went to confront at the Title IX mm-hmm. night officer. Yeah. Uh, one scene that jumped out of my mind when you were talking about this character was that mm. at the dinner party where she got slightly drunk and then she flirted with Bill. Yes. Yeah, and I really like that scene as well because you don't normally see an older woman with a guy who is, I guess, decades younger than her to be yeah. flirting. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't an uncomfortable scene. That it, no. it was just yeah. so smooth and so natural and you know that they were playful and yeah. he's okay with her and she had yeah. a bit of laugh and that was so nice to see it was just so natural to see cuz yeah yeah do you remember that scene yeah i i i absolutely remember that scene and i'm so glad you brought it up because um it was such a beautifully acted scene yes. because like i actually didn't know where it was going to go mm-hmm. and i was like open to see like i was open to seeing whether or not they would kiss mm-hmm. or they were just like friendly pat on the back like I had no idea where it was going and it was just so flawlessly executed because right. um, you didn't know what was going to happen and you didn't know like mm-hmm. I actually saw that scene and I was like what do they have a past like are they like <laughs> past lovers or are they just friends or yeah it was great it was yeah, so good it was brilliant uh anything else that you want to add before we head into a break I just also wanted to say I have been um, finished. I just finished reading Amir Savarasan's latest collection, a uh, first collection of essays, mm-hmm. a book called *The Right to Sex*. Um, Amir uh, writes for the London Review of Books. Mm-hmm. I believe she is a lecturer um, somewhere in some fancy college, maybe Oxford in mm-hmm. the UK. Um, so her 
the the title of the book the right to sex comes from an essay which was published three years ago in the lrb um about um who has the right to ask for sex and it's really an investigation into the different sort of power dynamics that works within dating and sex Uh um and she talks about incels and how incels demand sex Mm -hmm. and um how there's so many ways in which we hide racism and homophobia and ableism mm-hmm. when it comes to this like failed logic of preferences. You know, mm-hmm. I'm using quotation marks here, preferences, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest of the book, um, there's different chapters. I feel like I have the book near me somewhere here. But um, there's a chapter called How to Talk to about, How I Talk to My Students About Pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another essay called... Um, why I don't sleep with my students, which is I think my favorite essay, Helen, and it's so actually sort of related to the show that we just talked about because you know we, the chair where it's about like, um, you know professors and working within academia, uh, mm. but in this uh, essay, Amia basically talks about why she thinks when you as a professor. Um, if you sleep with your students, you're basically like um, fucking up the relationship and the duty of what you have to the student um, because your duty to the student is to educate them. And if you blur that with sex, Mm -hmm. then um, you kind of um, destroy or you kind of, um, you kind of like neglect your duty to them Mm -hmm. to teach them in a way that makes them feel safe and without the kind of power dynamics that often just is involved in sexual Mm -hmm. relationships. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Um, I think when I was growing up, there was a lot of Chinese dramas that uh, romanticizes relationship between teacher between student and, and teacher. teacher. Absolutely, um, absolutely. I'm sure, it happens in the Western culture as oh. well. And yeah, totally. It's just it's not only that when I when I'm older that I mm. thought about that how fucked up it is. Oh yeah, totally. Because the power differences of that not only exist during the time within a school or a college you even if you extended that the relationship beyond say the student graduates i think that the power differences remains yes because the intellectual well i don't know but perhaps the students will overtake the intellectual level of the her or his teacher in the later life of their relationship but i think there is still a very there's still a gap yeah. between the power and it's not only references within the relationships intellectual level i think it will references into aspect different aspects of life um say the professor will expect something to be happen because you know the student or the the partner is coming mm. from a different position Exactly. I think it will exactly. just seep into a different aspects of the relationship so it's yeah. not only intellectual yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, the type of man who goes into these kind of relationships, I think those type of men um, who often, when we're talking about student-teacher relationships, um, the man is often, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend that it's mostly like men, older men and younger women students, mm. you know, uh, the older male professor and the younger female student. Um, these kind of men, the kind of, the type of man who pursues these types of relationships is a man that inherently gets off mm-hmm. from kind of teaching the younger woman, like yeah. gets off from the power 
That's imbalance right. yeah. of like, oh, I know more and let me educate you. Let me also educate you in bed kind mm-hmm. of thing. You know, like that's kind of man who does not see a woman as an equal. Yeah. That's what I think. They will always hold a condescending attitude yeah. towards yeah. whoever they want to date or whoever they want to fuck. That's yeah. how I perceive that kind of yeah, relationship. Yeah, exactly. I feel yeah. like um we should talk about this in a whole episode. <laughs> yes, that's another <laughs> so topic yeah. for us. Definitely. Yeah. But in the meantime, um today Helen and I are gonna talk about a much more appetizing topic Yay. that's actually happy for a change. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of subjects that Helen and I broach, um, and this is not a criticism, is often like very heavy um, <laughs> heavy and exhausting and angry. Yes. But today we're talking about a very happy subject. Helen, what is it? We're going to talk about Taiwanese food and the yeah. culture background behind it. Yeah, and I'm really excited, Helen, because um, often a lot of I've I've had a few white people in the past ask mm-hmm. me um, what's the difference between Taiwanese food and other Asian country food, like ta- Chinese food. Okay, and I never I'm so embarrassed because I never know what to say to them because <laughs> I myself don't know the difference between Taiwanese food and Chinese food. But the thing is, as Helen and I are going to explore, there is a vast difference, isn't there? Like yes. Taiwanese cuisine is very distinctive. Yes, there is. Yeah. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Yeah, we'll be right back. down life look like are you wearing your butter butter active wear to do your exercise um, butter butter is the softest and the most comfortable active wear that i've worn it's versatile functionality antimicrobial technology to ensure your odor free and moisture wicking technology to keep your body dry during and after your workout and i've been saying for a while but i don't think i've mentioned it on our podcast before jess mm. um there is an app that I've been using since the beginning of pandemic last year. Yeah. It's called Down Dog. Mm-hmm. It, look it up on your app shop. It's a blue tile with the image of a white dog posing the upward dog po- mm-hmm. uh, position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really cute. It's an app uh, combined with HIIT, yoga, meditation, and bar exercise. Mm. You can customize the level and duration and even the choices of the instructor's voice. Oh, nice. And the type, yeah, and the type of music that you prefer during your workout. I highly recommend this app. Um, we've did a, I've did it with you, Jess. Yeah, and my before. our brother. Yeah, it's really a fun. A few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, our brother. Yeah. Can you get yeah. uh, like a James um, Bond voice? <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. You probably can. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, highly recommend my friends to get it. And if you're still struggling to find a good workout outfit. Look no further and check out Butter Butter. Remember that our listeners can use the code ABDU10 to receive a $10 discount at the checkout. And they're still doing the free shipping worldwide, I think. Amazing, yeah. yeah. So, it's yeah, like the most comfortable thing I've ever worn, honestly. Mm-hmm. It makes you like get- excited about working out. I know, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so get onto it now. Helen, um, take us through a brief history of Taiwanese food. Well, at least I know that the differences between Taiwanese food and the rest of the Asian food, and specifically with the Chinese food, is that we have had a lot of influence Mm. from Japan and also the Western culture um, with the Japanese occupation. And in the last half a decade, that's Taiwan has started to slowly recognize the culture Mm -hmm. of indigenous people in Taiwan. So there's yeah. a huge influence of indigenous cooking, indigenous food, and how they source 
sustainability yeah. uh, of the ingredients. And I know that China's has a lot of regional food. Uh, for Taiwan, it's the same as well, despite that the area of Taiwan is so small. <laughs> uh, some people say that, oh, it's just, you know, if you want to categorize them, just put them in one whole group. But the in reality yeah. that the food up on the north of Taiwan is very different to the to south and also very different to the central Taiwan. They all have very distinct taste and preferences. What's the city down south again? Uh, Kaohsiung. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I've heard that someone told me when I was in Taipei, because I've never been to Kaohsiung, mm-hmm. but um, someone when I was back in Taiwan a few years ago said yes. Kaohsiung cuisine is very different. Yes. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to go. <laughs> have you been to Kaohsiung? Help. Yeah, I've been to Kaohsiung at, uh, during one of the business trips a couple of years ago. Oh, nice. Um, uh-huh. And what do you think? Yeah, they're really nice. I think um, Kaohsiung is more like they are the coastal people because they've got a huge harbour down there. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of seafood. And Uh the weather is warmer, definitely warmer. So the cuisine would be slightly different. Yeah, yeah. Whereas compared to northern Taiwan, it's very cold and humidity is higher. And then then again, with central Taiwan, uh, we know that where we were from, Zhanghua, uh-huh. and also uh-huh. a couple of counties around central Taiwan, we prefer to eat uh, eat our food with a lot of sugar. Apparently, this is right. what I've heard. Um, okay, yeah. We have I a preferences of a sweetness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So for that, um, what's the meaning of food to us? I think uh, mm. personally, of course, for a lot of Asians out there as well, it means celebration, family, you know, a lot of values are taught through from food like not to waste yeah. uh, the food uh, appreciate mm-hmm. food I think this is probably one of the aspects that is different for us compared to a lot of white people because yeah. Asians our grandparents and, and particularly of course you know some Europeans our grand, the pa- grandparents have experienced through starvation and we were taught yeah, war. Yeah, yeah and wars and we were taught not to waste food we always have to finish the food or even if they're in the fridge we had to finish them after days well helen's just laughing because yesterday um i um saw a really funny um mean comic drawing from um my favorite cartoonist liana fink Mm -hmm. who draws for the new yorker and the image i'll describe it is um just this kind of like very broken down tired looking (laughs) human person like on the floor mm-hmm. and then there's a quote like and they're clutching their stomach and on the floor uh, and on the quotation mark it says don't worry i didn't let the food go bad <laughs> it's just Which symbolizing is really just dad it is uh-huh. so dad yeah it's 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 like our dad never really wastes food and yeah our parents have a habit or at least i know that our mom have a habit of hoarding a lot of food in the fridge they oh, always yeah, have a totally. sense of not having enough to feed, yeah. even yeah. though that all the kids have moved out. <laughs> this is what I feel, honestly. Like, every time we went, we gone to their place, yeah. they only have two people living there now. But and the, they, fridge, the is fridge is full, so full of food. Yeah, I know. It's like the exact opposite of my own fridge, which is so <laughs> bit bad during lockdown, because, like, I... I've recently run out of food and I'm like so reluctant to go and to buy it. But yeah, um, Helen and I, like we have a quite a strong relationship with food because our grandmother 
and our grandfather they、mm. had a noodle store in Zhanghua. Yeah, so which was very successful. Our grandmother Nai Nai,、uh, before、mm. she married our granddad, she ran a noodle like a street vendor with her mom、yeah. for a、yeah. little while before that she met our granddad, and they got married. And because our granddad is from North Eastern part of China, China Shandong,、yeah. so he started a restaurant that is based on the cuisine from there, which is like very noodle based, uh, thick、mm. soup dumplings, and together they serve Changhua local and also the Ministry of KMT. I've heard a couple of stories about it. Uh, mm. It was the first restaurant in the area to have automatic door. <laughs> I think that's okay, something our dad was really proud of that. It. And also air condition. I didn't know, know that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's、yeah. really cool. So I do. I, I do feel like there's always seemed like a for a lot of Asian diasporas out there in Western countries, we all have some sort of family connections through the food industry. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah,、mm. a couple of the podcasters I spoke, either they're from、uh, UK or US.、Mm. They would say that, oh yeah, my parents like we're immigrants, and my parents started a Chinese takeaway here, or my parents are、uh, running a this restaurant now.、Mm-hmm. There would be like a little element of food, yeah, that's very deeply connected to the family. Yeah, I love that. I love that、yeah. so much. So for food culture in Taiwan, I've looked up a couple of sources. The first one.、Um, The connection of culture with food.、Uh, there is a thesis by Cassidy Four of Portland State University.、Uh, her thesis is titled "Cultural Identity and Cuisine in Taiwan."、Uh, she wrote this in twenty seventeen while she was traveling in Taiwan、mm. after studying Chinese in China as well.、Mm. Um, this is what she said about the culture and food in Taiwan. I'm just gonna read it out here. Cultural identity is partly formed by one's On familiar cultural cuisine, yet Taiwan's multicultural society has clearly defined cuisine inspired by their diversity. How does this combination of cultures, expressed through their food, work together to create an identity of one place? How has globalization and imperialism served to highlight what is and isn't Taiwanese through the process of hybridity? I will examine what national and cultural identity is, and how it is formed, using the culturally constructed cuisines of Taiwan as a means to limit the scope of my research on the subject of identity and Taiwan culture. So she looked at three specific elements. The first one was、uh, inf- uh, the influence of Aboriginal. Food、mm-hmm. and history backgrounds,、mm. the influence of Japanese occupation, and also the identification established by Taiwanese themselves.、Mm. Um, I will post a link of this essay. I think it's such a good read.、Uh, she wrote about her experience of encountering Taiwanese chefs in Taiwan and how they are very proud to speak up. And kind of emphasizing that the differences between Taiwanese as their own identity,、mm. rather than not to be confused. Because I know that in the past few decades, Taiwan sometimes, if you go out to Western countries, people misidentify yeah, you as Thai, Thai or, or are you part of China? Yeah,、exactly. yeah, yeah. Just、yeah. <laughs> is running the eyes. <laughs> yeah.、Um, another source that I looked up. Was one of the book that I purchased online. It's a Taiwanese book that was published early this year. 
呃、uh, ，it's called La Jen 的绅士 ，which means the life experience of oyster omelets. Ah, <laughs>、uh, oyster omelet is a very popular dish、mm-hmm. in Taiwan, which I will go in details a bit later.、Mm-hmm. And subtitle: Word Quiz of Chinese Food. So this book was recommended by a Chinese podcast host, and I was intrigued by the introduction about the history of Chinese food.、Mm. The author is、uh, has been a historian. He dived deep into the research of the etymology. Is it called et- etymology? The word. Yes. Research、yeah. the, the the study of words. Yeah. yeah. Of specific names of dishes and ingredients.、Mm. Uh, there was I translate a little bit of the prologue.、Mm-hmm. Which is like a recommendation by another professor、yeah. in、uh, Institute of Taiwan History. He said that I often say to my students, rather than struggling to read heaps of contemporary historical essays and feeling lost within them, why why don't you just go out for a casual outing, preferably within the island?、Uh, he's referring to Taiwan or outside of the island、mm-hmm. to eat and to drink. And to see, yeah, seeing a lot means the actual experience of the place, experience the local culture, experience the various of strange name places. To eat and drink a lot, I suggest that not only trying the grass tea or the bubble black tea, or for all all us there the national drinks for Taiwanese, but also re- you should look into the recently developed alcohol drinks in Taiwan. Oh, really? Yeah, alcohol is water. Of conversation,、uh-huh. with moderate consumption, alcohol can open dialogues for a long time.、Oh. The concepts of this book, that are difficult to understand or unrecorded historical geniuses, may appear from these dialogues or a or a surprising conversation. He quoted a phrase that a lot of、uh, Asians or Chinese will be familiar with. Yeah. 国以民为本，民以食为天 ，which means a nation, a nation's foundation is its citizens, and the foundation for the citizens are their food. Yes, I couldn't which agree is more. Yeah, which is referring to the importance of、uh, food. That is like almost it's like a sky for us. Food or the name of food has always been like the subjects in history. For example, this、uh, studies on starvation. The quantity of a food production and the origins are the things that historians should not miss. Um. So, what are the top ingredients that come from Taiwan, or what Taiwanese cuisine often is, um, sort of made built on? Yeah. Well, the very well-known fruits like we know that pineapple and mango. Mango. Yep.、Uh, Taiwan is very popular for its pineapple cake. It's like a short. Yes. Shortbread. Shortbread cake. Shortbread. Yeah. yeah. Shortbread cake that has pineapple slightly. Jam texture. Jam, yeah, not, I'd say jam yeah, as well. Yeah, 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 but not as、uh, moist a texture as a filling. And mango is very popular as a Taiwanese fruit. Yeah, we all know that there is an incident earlier this year that China dropped the, the trade with Taiwan of importing pineapple into China. So the、really? rest of the Taiwan diaspora around the world picked up that. <laughs> the that, stock, yeah, right, yeah, interesting, and it went all over the world. Yeah, yeah.、Uh, first ingredient I'm gonna start with is the sweet potatoes.、Uh, Hanji, Taiwan will call Hanji. Yes, yeah, they are widely grown in Taiwan and was a staple source of food in Taiwan. My first impression of Hanji was、mm. the story from our ama, which、mm. is、uh, our maternal grandmother,、yeah. told me that when she was growing up. 
hanji was cheaper than rice, and、mm-hmm. because rice growing of rice will only become flourished when the Japanese arrive in Taiwan,、mm. and most rice was harvested were levied by the Japanese government. So she had to often eat a dish called hanji chen, which was this one, which is like a shredded sweet potato,、uh-huh. cooked with very little amount of rice、right. to make it into a congee.、Oh. Yeah,、okay. and now we eat congee、mm. with plenty of rice. rice.、Yeah. But sometimes our mum put bits、yes. and pieces of yes, sweet potato in there. Yes, I remember she did that. I remember that. Yeah. Um, our ama told me that she got sick of eating sweet potatoes because it, same with mum. Yeah, yeah, same with our mum as well. Yeah, because in the past the dish was associated with poverty and the harsh farming、mm. life. Yeah. Yeah, in Taiwan there is a metaphorical meaning calling a Taiwan-born and bred authentic Chinese person as a sweet potato. <laughs> That's so cute! I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, as a reference to the shape of the Taiwan. Oh yeah, it looks like Taiwan. Yeah, exactly. Like a sweet yeah, potato. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, and it also makes it like a self-identification for the interstate person when during the very early KMT occupation,、uh, Taiwan was considered a state.、Uh-huh. So the counter metaphorical way of calling the China、uh, of the Chinese that later arrived in Taiwan、uh-huh. that was originally from China、uh-huh. was another ingredient. It's very popular in Taiwan as well, which is taro.、Mm. Yes, the Taiwanese name for taro is oa.、Oh, yeah, they were used to. <laughs> this is a bit of the cultural references here.、Mm. Oa were used as a term for those soldiers who escaped from China and traveled to Taiwan during the earliest period when TMT first arrived Taiwan. Many young men were either single or le- had left their wife and children in China because of the historical traumas. Many stereotypical characteristics have framed around these men、mm. who are being called、mm. Oa.、Uh, why Oa or Taro? Because it's a symmetry root vegetable to sweet potato. Uh, similar but different. It's purple. Yeah, it's purple. Yeah.、Um, so I've looked up. They say that the characteristics of this oa or the taro man, like for example, our granddad、yeah. will be、yeah. one.、Um, was they are more caring? They're less muscular, probably due to the lack of re- tr- nutrition during the、oh, war.、Okay. They love garlic and chili,、uh-huh. which is very true because I've seen our granddad. Yeah, yeah, can eat raw garlic. Oh my god. Yeah. They also have sometimes they also have very bad temper. Again, you know, it might be down to well the PTSD. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah.、Uh, after the arrival of KNT and troops, many soldiers had settled in Taiwan. Eventually, knowing that they don't foresee themselves returning to China.、Um, for our own family history, was that our Ye Ye married Nai Nai and had four kids.、Mm. And later, there's another label for the kids that who were born in the mix. Culture family,、yeah. <laughs> they're called Oa Hanji, <laughs> sweet potato taro. So our dad so was、cute. one of them. That's so cute. I don't know any of this. <laughs> Did you know it, any of this before your research? I briefly know. Yeah, I briefly yeah. know. Yeah, but I, when I was growing up, I think it was like a derogatory term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oa Hanji because people don't like being othered. Yeah, of course. Especially when you have, it's a very tense period during martial law. Yeah.、Um, Era in Taiwan, so it was very hard for our granddad and our grandmother who fell in love, but politically, they might be not being acceptable for a lot、yeah. of people in Taiwan. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, the next ingredient I'm going to talk about is ai yu, which、mm-hmm. is、uh, also called jelly fig. It's、oh, a type、okay. of fig that requires a pollination by an insect that only exists in Taiwan, which makes Taiwan the only place on earth that produces ai yu.、Mm. The seed is dried for storage and will be usually placed in a fabric bag made similar to the material of muslin wrap. And then, when you want to produce the jelly, you place the bag full of the seeds underneath the water, use your fingers to rub against the seed, which will create like a mucus solution, very、mm. similar to gelatin. I shouldn't use、yeah. mucus, but I don't know any other description. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, and you leave it in the fridge for some time, and it will become、um, solidified. To be to be like ayu jelly,、uh, has a slightly floral and citrus fragrant.、Mm. And how we eat it, we usually just add like a lemon syrup for taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I know it only in the iteration of like a, in a can,、mm-hmm. and when you like yeah, open the can, can. it just comes out like、It's、a jelly. A jelly it just it just tastes like yeah. jelly. Yeah, yeah. The next ingredient I want to mention is called macau, which、mm. is. Mountain pepper. It's an indigenous bush taka. People use. I think in、uh, for those out there, if there's any Chinese indigenous people,、um, maybe you can send us a DM and tell me what kind of things that you can use it for. But、uh-huh. when I looked up, it's a seasoning, and indigenous people use it for sobering from alcohol the next morning. Ah,、oh, cool. Yeah, That's so cool. Interesting. Yeah. Hangover cure. I love yeah,、it. hangover cure. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so the next sweet potato leaves. Yeah, sweet potato. What's、um, that? Hanji. What does our mum say? Yeah. Oh, the I leaves, can't cook the、it. green、yeah. green leaves. Yes, yes. That came out from the sweet potato. Yes, actually, and it actually, has I, a slight heart shape. Yes, yes. I actually um, there there was a abundance of them last year when I had sweet potatoes in my garden. Yes. And I didn't know what to do with them, and mum said I could cook with them. Uh huh. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I was just trying to. Remember what does mum usually call it? I think she calls it hanjiyatai. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it's commonly used to. In the past, it was commonly used to feed pigs in Taiwan. Oh okay. Because of its tough stings, and but during the nineteen ninety eight, with genetic modified, that、yeah. the leaves and stem become more delicate, and it has、mm. since received a welcome reception by many cooks. I don't. So have you tried to cook it? Yeah, I have. I just、yeah. treat it like spinach. Yeah, that's right. You treat it like a spinach. You just saute it with a bit of garlic, yeah, exactly, and salt, and it tastes really, really nice and full of vitamins and vi- fibers. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so moving on to the top five dishes that I've kind of survey around groups of Chinese people, what nice, they would、yeah. recommend, or their favorite, or alternatively their favorite Chinese food. Yeah. Okay, so the first one is Gansu. Gay <laughs> shenzuji. I don't even know how to、oh, say shenzuji. Yeah, which yeah. is Taiwanese, Taiwanese fried, fried chicken. chicken. Yeah, yeah. It's a very popular street food in Taiwan, similar to popcorn chicken due to its bite size, but、yeah. with much more flavor.、Uh, mm-hmm. Most stores use chicken thigh for this dish. The recipe that I've looked up, which is the one that I'm going to recommend and also share the links to everyone, is a Taiwanese cook in UK, Tiffany Chan. Um, I've mentioned her in our previous episode on food culture appropriation.、Mm-hmm. Um, she actually brought up the topic to kind of expand and amplify on the voices of Asian cook. So definitely check out your know, Instagram of the food method of how to make 
uh, Taiwanese fried chicken. Mm-hmm. So her recipe is to marinate the meat with spring onion, garlic, soy sauce, sugar, and salt, and also five oh. spices. Uh, right. And coated with water and white pepper. So there oh, is a wet nice. co- coating. She called the wet coating the chicken condon. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll That's remember so then. Another step is that you coat it with a dry mix, which is consisted with potato starch, tapioca powder. Oh, um, yeah. So tapioca powder will come up with in a lot of dishes in Taiwan because, again, it's made by sweet potato, and sweet potato yes. is very abundant in Taiwan. Yes, yes. Yeah. So once it's out of deep fryer, depending on individual taste that should recommend, you can season with salt, five spice, and white pepper and red chili pepper. Mm, yum. Typically in Taiwan, and I think some restaurants does it here as well in, in Australia, is that uh, they have fried basil leaves to yes, add it as garnish. And it's so good. It yeah, makes a huge so, difference. Yeah, it's so nice. Mm. Okay, so the next dish I want to share with everyone is ba wan. Yeah, ba wan. <laughs> it's so good. Can you explain how what it is? Because like, it's so hard to explain it if you don't have the actual image. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, it's a again, it's a potato based ingredient. It's a potato starch. Yeah. It's a dumpling that has uh, fillings of pork chunks and bamboo shoots. Yeah. And later, some chefs have developed with fillings. With a lot more luxurious ingredients such as scallops mm. and salted egg yolks. Oh, yum. So I looked up the history of Bawan. So legend has it that it was in Beidou, which uh-huh. is like a suburb in our hometown. Uh-huh. Uh, some people claim that the origin of Bawan was during the Qin dynasty. There was a scholar interpreter, sorry, there was a scholar interpreter for a temple by the name of Fang Wei Ju. Uh, he interprets the language of a ghost. <laughs> I don't know how that uh-huh. works. Uh-huh. Or actually, he just works as like a psychic who started using sweet potato flour to mix with some water and steam it as a food to offer to the locals after a devastating flood that has swept mm. through the area. Mm. So bear in mind that sweet potato, as I mentioned earlier, there's a lot in Taiwan. So yeah. so when the ingredients are high in production in the nation, like people would seek different recipes then put yes. it through to use yeah exactly yeah so the next dish is also has the base with potato starch mm. it's called oyster omelette how do you Lajin, yeah, Lajin, yeah. yeah so it's oh my god i'm so hungry now <laughs> <laughs> so it's originated from minnan culture which is the east southeast coast of china uh-huh. uh, similar to rouyuan baowan the first mm-hmm. arrival troop of uh, General Zheng Chenggong, which is back in the 1600s, battling with the Dutch. He used the potato starch powder and mixed with sea- local seafood and oysters, which being the, you know, the ingredients that they can pick from the area. Pan fried it with some greens and egg and make it into an omelette. Mm. Nice. Yeah. And I think the sauce is the highlight of the yes, oyster omelette. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I it's can't... that kind of chili. And sweet. Yeah, and sweet. Yeah. yeah. It's so hard to replicate that kind of sauce if you're not in the really? area. Yeah. Oh, okay. I now I just really want to go back to Taiwan. <laughs> God. And and the the next one Helen's going to talk to is probably the most famous. Chou Dofu. Yeah, Chou Dofu. So... 
if you're familiar with Taiwan, you would know that yes. stinky tofu is like a number one street food in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what was your? Have you ex- experienced eating tofu tofu in Taiwan? Of course, Helen. Too. What are you talking about? <laughs> You never uh, were deterred by the smell. No, I don't think so. Maybe as a kid I was, but in the uh-huh. last couple of times I've been back, um, it tastes so good that the smell completely—you just don't care about it, even though the yeah. smell is quite abhorrent. Uh huh. That's right. Yeah, I think the experience for my son when he was when we were in Taiwan, uh, yeah. he was about two at the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> he. I was so shocked about of the smell that he refuses to go into the night market. You can smell it from like miles yeah. away before that you yeah. enter the night market. Yeah, and he's he was asking what the hell was that smell, and uh-huh. we were telling him we're going to a night market to have dinner. Uh-huh. And he said that no, I cannot go in <laughs> to the market. He was wow. starting to do it. <laughs> yeah, gag. <laughs> <laughs> it smells basically for those who don't have never spelled it before. It smells like sewage, yeah, and sewage and like a men's locker room, <laughs> and like and and feet that haven't been washed for like ten years. That's just a week, so a week. unappetizing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know it's down. So but it's, but... it's a bit like the blue cheese and oh the yeah, exactly fermented fish in yep. Scandinavian countries. Yeah, mm. so the f- fermentation does not have a fixed formula. For style of bacteria, like every regional, every regions have their own variations in to exist in the manufacturing and pre, um, preparation. The traditional method of producing stinky tofu is to prepare a bream that is made from fermented milk, vegetable, and meat. Uh, so the liquid could also be incre- uh, included with dry shrimp, amaranth. I don't know what that word. Amaranth greens, mustard greens, bamboo shoots, and Chinese herbs. Mm. The process only adds the odor to the marinated tofu instead of being fermented completely. Uh, so, like I said, that stinky tofu differs from region to region. The one that I grew up with, I don't know about just yourself, is usually fried. Mm. The one that I really yeah. like is fried in small pieces and sometimes they stuff pickles inside the tofu. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. And some area have a steam, or some people just eat it as a cold side dish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, finally, the last dish that we want to share is called mian xian or mi suan. This is mm. a thin verm. How do I pronounce that word? Verm- vermicelli. Mm. Vermicelli. Yeah, a thin mm. vermicelli that is made by wheat flour and potato flour. Again, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. some makers of mian xian differs with the proportion of the flour that they use. Most common mianxian soup, which we call mi suan gou in Taiwan, is thick with a gravy texture, and their popular toppings are oysters and pig intestines. Or f- oh my gosh, wow. Or fish paste coated pork pieces. Ma gi. Yeah. Rou yeah. Gen. Do you remember that? Yeah. Mum used yes, to yes. make it when we were little, but it takes so much yeah. Efforts Effort. to make, oh, yeah. Oh my god, it's insane. Because you have to make the fish paste and yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah, amazing. So this cuisine dates back in the early agriculture farming period when women cooked this dish for afternoon snacks for the farmers, because of its thinness of the noodle. Short time are needed to make them, and by adding starchy flour to the stock soup, which adds the Gravy-like texture, according to Ebok Times source, 
<laughs> this type of cuisine was originated from northeastern coast of Taiwan, Yilan,、mm, because in yes, that area,、yes. geng, which is, means the thick soup, incorporated within a lot of dish in Yilan. They create a richer flavor to make the dish more appetizing, and it's smooth and shiny presentation.、Mm. I don't know if there's an English word for for this method of cooking that make it thick. We call it gou qian,、oh, like adding starchy powder to make the、yeah. soup thicker. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just I, I suppose just thicken. <laughs> yeah, just thicken. Yeah. Okay, so let's take wow, a short break. Yep, and, and we'll, we'll be, be right back. back. Okay, so we are very honored to do a collaboration with Omni's Food on this episode. Omni's Food、uh, is run by a Sydney-based chef Omar Shu and his business Omni's.、Uh, we want to introduce this to our listeners. His world of wonderful Chinese food. Omni's is an Asian fusion food brand that serves home meal. The business is built with a lot of passion and creativity by a team of chefs who has Asian backgrounds and high-end. Dining restaurant experience, Omni served the real and high quality restaurant food packs and delivered straight to your door, which will save you plenty of time and stress on cooking. Yeah. So, who is the founder, Omar? Omar is Chinese who grew up as a foodie, working alongside with his father in the family street、uh, food hawker. Street food drew him in in pursuit of career in the food industry. As he worked in his father's store and also the Japanese restaurant in Taiwan for six years, Omar wanted to learn more range of food cuisines. He went to universities to to study Western food culture and also the innovations in the hospitality, which later、uh, led him to Australia. Now, wow, yeah. So in the past ten years,、uh, he has worked at area restaurant Barangaroo House and has gained many fine dining restaurant experience. In Solitaire with Metmoron, the first product that Omar launched for this business was the signature Golden Kimchi, which is also named the Opium Kimchi.、Uh, I didn't know about this.、Mm. Apparently, in Taiwan, they call it Opium Kimchi as well because of its addictiveness. Oh, okay. Yeah, the dish is preserved pickled cabbage made using Chinese spices. Bean curd and carrot recipe. After the carrot,、oh, sorry, after the cabbage has been cured for six hours, the technique gives its unique golden color while keeping it crisp and fresh. Other products such as、uh, the Chinese street food,、uh, the ones that we have mentioned, Baowan. Yeah.、Uh, oh my god. Also the fried chicken, and、yeah. he has recently launched a new product, the tiny sausage Xiangchang. Yes, and also which is like the best thing ever. <laughs> It's so good. That list of food is like overwhelmingly good. Yeah. Also, he has braised pork rice package, the frozen dumplings, noodle kits, and also the hot pot packages、Amazing. are all available on their website. So we welcome our listeners to check them out. You may use the discount code NEW ten off. They're all on capital. New ten off for a ten percent discount on your first order. Oh, amazing! Well, I can't wait to dig into their food. Yeah, because like、I'm、at the moment,、hungry. I'm not <laughs> wanting to go out. Um, it's great that we have these amazing food from, you know, um, Taiwan. Um, you know, Taiwanese cuisine being shipped to us right to our door. That'll be, yeah. I'm totally just like going to post all the images on Instagram as we eat them.、Mm-hmm, definitely. 
Well, that's the end of our episode. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple. If you have enjoyed our show, please give us a five star rating. We welcome listeners. Send us your feedback on any topics you would like us to explore. We also love to know what you're listening to, <laughs>、uh, watching, or reading during this crazy pandemic period. I'm all, already like slow, slow. Yeah. Well, like before we go,、uh, my favorite Taiwanese restaurant is not Ding Tai Fung, which is the famous one. Um, it's Bao Dao,、mm. which is the one in Chatswood. It's like cheaper. It's like more earthy and hearty. It's not as kind of like um expensive looking as、mm-hmm. Ding Tai Fung. Bao Dao is my favorite. What about you, Hel? Uh, I don't have a particular favorite one. I all I I like them all. Yeah, like by saying that, I do have a list of Chinese cuisine restaurants or eateries on my notes. But、oh, it will、okay. take a long time to go through them. So we're gonna share on our lo-、uh, show link and also on our social media platforms for everyone to go and have a look.、Uh, yeah, of course, support small business during this pandemic period. Um, and get your if you want to order frozen food delivered directly to you. You know, Omni's is the one that we will recommend. And again, you know, open up your taste buds and try something different. Oh my god,、yeah. I'm sure all our listeners are adventurous and like not close-minded when it comes to letting their taste buds experience something new.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. it's a very good point to make, Helen. Yeah. Because when I was doing this research, I looked、yeah. through some of the bloggers, and there's a travel blogger couple that they have a goal of trying different popular dishes in like a specific country that they want to go. Yeah. <laughs> and、uh, Taiwan is, of course, they have like they came up with forty five dishes, and they crossed them out because they went to Taiwan before COVID、yeah. and tried、yeah. it. <laughs> when I see Australia, it's meat pie and roast lamb. That's it. That's it. You're kidding. <laughs> That is so freaking funny. Also, is this couple? What nationality are they? The Filipinos. Oh, nice. That is、yeah. a great idea. So Taiwan has a lot of variety of food, and definitely go and try them. Yeah, and keep us posted. And have a safe week, guys. We will chat to you next week. Yeah, nice chat to you, Helen.